Malala Yousafzai said, I don't want to be remembered as the girl who got shot. I want to be remembered as the girl who stood up. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. What Malala said there really summarizes the theme of this series on empowerment. And this second episode, I want to take further the idea that empowerment is not something that you are granted by someone else, but is actually something that you have to grab for yourself. Because the definition in the dictionary of empowerment, which is that it is the granting of a power to do something, to take action, for me doesn't really capture where I think empowerment can be taken if we really grab hold of it ourselves. And I think it's that feeling of empowerment, of granting ourselves empowerment, that leads us to more success and more happiness. And in this episode, the principle I want to explore is that in order to feel empowerment and grant yourself that power, you need to build a life around the things and the people that make you feel empowered, and to walk away or avoid the circumstances and the people that don't. I mean, when I say that, it sounds like a statement of the obvious. But goodness, I know from personal experience, it really is not that obvious. So I just want to bring in one concept that I actually first discovered years and years ago. It came from Stephen Covey, the leadership expert. And he talked about three circles. He talked about a circle of control, which were those parts of your life where you felt that you're in control. And then he said there was a circle of influence, which was parts of your life that you couldn't totally control, but you could make a difference in. And then there was the circle of concern, which were things that you know worry the hell out of us but which we feel totally helpless about or that we feel a victim about. And I feel that that really summarizes what we're talking about here when we talk about empowerment, because what he said wasn't that they were absolutes, but it was rather that your change of attitude towards a person or a circumstance leaves you to feel that you have a much bigger circle of influence or a much bigger circle of control, and that less of your life is in this place where you're worried, you're concerned about it, but you feel helpless, because that's really what disempowerment is. So let me tell you a personal story this week, which I think really has defined my understanding of what it takes to feel empowered. So long time ago, when I was much younger, I used to be a pretty good piano player. I got up to grade eight, which, you know, was quite something. For me, felt like quite something. used to play a lot. And then I found suddenly over a course of a month or so that I was starting to miss a whole lot of notes. And I just wasn't playing it as I always did. And it just wasn't sounding right. It was very strange. It's like my hands didn't quite have the control that they should have had. And there was a couple of other things that started happening. Like I couldn't feel parts of my body, um, particularly my legs and my feet. 
Anyway, so, you know, as these things do, you notice it, you do a bit, you don't do it, you ignore it for a while, you go back and look at it again, finally went to the doctors, you know, did various things, you know, they sort of prick you and prod you and can you feel this and can you feel that and can you feel the other and took various tests, ended up doing an MRI. Anyway, over a period of a couple of years, finally got to this moment where I was in this doctor's room and, you know, lying on those kind of hard beds that they have in the doctor's room with um, most of my clothes off. And he says, okay, we've had the results back and we're pretty certain it's MS, multiple sclerosis. Big news. His phone rang and he took this call, which was nothing to do with work. It was about some real estate deal that he was doing. And he was on the phone. It must have been 10 minutes. I'm lying there nothing on, having had this hugely, you know, devastating news. And something just clicked inside of myself. And I went, this is not the way I want to play this. So I ended that appointment, got my clothes on, walked out of the doctor's room and said to myself, I am not coming back to get into this doctor's path until I have found my own acceptance for what's happened. So I need to do my own work. I need to do my mental work on this before I go any further. So that was 25 years ago. And if you met me now, you would not really know, I think, that I had MS. You might, you know, I stumble around a bit, you know, I look like, like I have got a little bit of a limp, but most people I meet, and including some people who are professionally know a lot about MS, you know, some people have even said it must be a misdiagnosis, that you, know, you cannot be this well after this long and having never taken medication, because I never did go back. I never did get to the point where I felt like, now I need to take medication. I've had a few MRIs to check the progress and so on. But essentially, it's been a mental journey. And that mental journey... I want to share with you because it really was about getting to the place where I am not going to be defined by this. This is not going to define who I am. And it absolutely does not define who I am. And were you to get to know me better, you would see that that would be the case. So what actually was it that I did? And this is where I think there are a lot of parallels for what empowerment really means. The first thing that I did was I I realized that it was not about fighting this. It was actually about accepting this. The grabbing of control in that image of the circle of control was that this condition is not the boss of me. It's a part of me. And together, we're going to design a life where we can work together and not against each other. So basically what I did was I went about creating that life. So for example, I created a life where physical activity was not the main focus, particularly skiing and running and things that require good balance. And I managed to actually create a mental model where swimming and diving, because water is great, because when you're in water, you kind of don't need all those sort of balance type things became a, a strong part of it. And that became what, so I turned my attention to those physical things that I could do. I lived by the sea and not in the mountains. 
I live somewhere warm because vitamin D is really good. And in particular, I've focused my life on the things I could be really, really good at. So the mental stuff, curiosity, curiosity about clients and how the world works, observation. And I became very good at observing patterns, patterns of behavior, patterns that would happen within groups of people and teams who I was working with, how the world worked. And that was how I got so interested in culture and became you know, an expert in that field. It was by focusing on those parts of me that were absolutely not disabled in any way, but sharp as anything. And so what's happened over time has been that those parts have become what I'm proud of. Those parts are the part that makes me feel empowered. And the things that would make me feel disempowered, which would be like knocking my head up against a wall all the time, why can't I ski or why can't I run? They're just not even a part of my thinking. And similarly, I did a whole lot of other things where I had control like intermittent fasting, for example, which gives you a real strong sense of control. No caffeine for 25 years. Again, a strong sense of control. So I remember when my kids were growing up, they used to say, you're not the boss of me. And that was a phrase, you know, when you're trying to sort of get your kids to do what you want them to do, you're not the boss of me. And I went, no, MS, you are not the boss of me. And that has been essentially my attitude towards feeling empowered and feeling, as Malala said, that I want to be remembered for many, many things, but they will not be that I have this condition, which was diagnosed 25 years ago, and which really now is just not a major part of who I am. So let's get practical now. What are some of the things that you can do to feel empowered more of the time in your life? First of all, and we had this as an exercise in last week's episode, to know and to recognize what or who disempowers you. So, for example, I had a great insight a few years ago on the who dimension, which was there was this one consultant who used to, whenever we worked together, he always put me down. He would say something when I was working with a client to just come over the top and show how he was smarter than me. And something happened inside of me where I kind of lost my center. And one time we were on stage together and he did it on stage. And I realized that what was happening was I kind of started to feel small and I would alternate between trying to please him and feel resentful. And I made a decision at that point that I needed to work around whom it was easier for me to feel strong, because that was how I was going to build the muscle. And so I built my muscle by being around people who didn't leave me feel like that. And I cut out of my life the few people in whose presence I ended up feeling smaller. So the second piece about this having worked out what does disempower you and finding out who makes you and what makes you feel stronger. So I feel strong when I'm in the water. I feel at my best when I'm in the water because my body is in no way an impediment. So what is your equivalent? What are the parts of your life 
where you feel the strongest, because that's how you build muscle, not by keeping on going up against the things that make it hard for you to be empowered, but actually to find the things that make it easy for you to be empowered and to get stronger and stronger on those. Don't waste energy on the things that you have or feel you have no influence on, where you feel that you are out of control and just worried. But focus on the things at work, different kinds of people, different kind of work, which people. So this is a big exercise. This is probably not a one-week exercise. This might be a five-year exercise. But it is an exercise in cutting out or avoiding or making plans to replace those people or circumstances which continually trigger in you that sense of disempowerment. Because when you do that, what you do is you fill more of your life with those things where you feel masterful, where you feel in your circle of control or your circle of influence. And when that happens, that circle of influence and control actually gets bigger. And so the end result is that you become a more empowered person. And on this one, I really have had the personal experience to tell you that it does pay off. It takes time, takes planning, not something that you're going to do in a week, but something which you will find is transformational. So thank you for being with me on this episode, a very personal episode where I've shared with you how I've made this work. I hope it's been valuable for you. And I look forward to you coming back next week where we will take the next cut on what empowerment means for us.